Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What's driving the conversation in California today? Every weekday at this time, we explore a topic that's making news in our state. This is the State of California. Good afternoon, I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS political reporter and host of The State of California. Well, the first week of May has been unusually wet and cold, even more snow falling in the Sierra, much like the record winter we just had with over 700 inches of snow in the mountains around Lake Tahoe. Nevertheless, fire season is upon us. There's already been one significant wildfire near Los Angeles, the first big one of the year. What kind of fire season should we expect this summer and what impact will all that rain and snow have? Well, for more, we're joined today on the KCBS Ring Central Newsline by Dr. Craig Clements, professor of meteorology and climate science at San Jose State University, where he is the director of the Wildfire Interdisciplinary Research Center. Thank you so much for being with us. All right, so this was hardly a normal winter and spring. What is the forecast for this fire season? Well, we're looking pretty good. Fire season uh, forecast this year is looking below normal across most of California through August. And that's unique because typically we're above normal by July and August. And with this late spring rain and the heavy winter precip, we basically are normal and below normal across the state. How, when's the last time we saw that happen? I mean, how unusual is that? It's quite unusual because um, generally we have some seasons like 2019 where we had late spring rains. Um, and that season, remember, we didn't have a lot of big fires. The biggest fire was Kincaid Fire up in uh, Napa County and Sonoma County, and that fire didn't get as big as some of our larger fires that we've seen recently, like the Dixie Fire and the Caldor Fire of 2021. You know, I know that some wet years mean more fuel, things grow more, and then it gets hot and that dries out, and fire season can be worse than usual. Why is that not expected to be the case this time? Well, because of the snowpack and the cooler spring that we've had, that's helped keep the fuel moistures higher. And they're actually delayed. So what's going on with our plants in most of California is that they haven't had their growing uh, period that typically happens in April. They're just starting to go into that period. Because it was cooler this spring, those plants have been delayed in their growth. So we're going to have a lot more moisture in those plants later into the season than we typically do uh, during summer. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to be at a high fire risk come uh, September, October, when we get our offshore wind events, like our Diablos in Northern California or Santa Ana's in Southern California, even with this higher moisture content, we will be able to st still see large fires. But the probability for the summer is that they're gonna, it's, it's a lower probability for large fires. How much impact is having, you know, it's still cold and wet, here we are in May, having this keep going, I, I have on um, when all that snow melts and how does that affect the fuel load and the potential for wildfires if the snow is still melting you know, into July instead of in April or May? Well, that's going to really reduce fire risk in the mid-elevation mid Sierra Nevada. That's the great thing that we, we can expect. That's why the fire risk um, 
the uh, predictive services have put out their long-term fire risk potential uh, as low and below uh, average because of that snowpack. Now, we will have more growth. People are concerned about having a bigger grass crop uh, this year because of the rain. But yet those grass fires, uh, you know, the heavy fuel loads and grass fires is not as concerning as uh, brush and forest fires. So I think that we've, um, we're in a pretty good place right now. Last year was not a terrible year for wildfires either. I mean, could we be out of the, the catastrophic cycle we were in that started in 2017, you know, when we had year after year of these huge fires and we got used to having smoke days in the Bay Area and orange skies? I mean, could that be behind us for a little bit? Um, maybe this year, but we still, you know, events can. The, the problem with thinking about uh, climate change, obviously, plays a huge role in uh, fire risk, but it's day-to-day weather events that really drive large fires as well. Um, because if you don't have the wind, if you don't have the dry fuels and heat waves, think back to uh, 2020 where we had a heat wave and then we had lightning strikes across the state right. that created that uh, you know very catastrophic type of um, events. And so, you know, those situations can occur. We're not out of it yet. I mean, we are still expecting high fire risk years ahead of us due to climate change. But again, the variability in the weather and let's say for winter precipitation, we have a wet year like this year. If next year's dry, you know, we could be back into some uh, higher risk uh, season. Right. So so the long range weather forecast, as you said, suggests that the spring's going to stay rather cool, maybe even damp, uh, cooler than usual. But then the late summer, they're looking at maybe that could be hotter than normal. So could we see a delayed fire season this year where, you know, things get really bad again in September and October after being you know relatively mild much of the summer? Yeah, I think we should expect a delayed fire season. It could pick up in the fall. Again, it just depends on the day-to-day weather. And if we have a, a warm or a heat wave followed by a wind event, you know, the day-to-day weather conditions that could set up for, you know, large fires. But if we look back at 2019, those conditions in that year, we had one fire in spring, in, in the fall, and we had a wet spring. So given the fact that we had, we're having rain in California in May and it's still cool, it's very wintry-like, that's really going to offset, you know, again, probably into September with a reduced uh, potential for uh, lower than normal large fire potential. So most of California is officially out of drought, but um, do we ever reach a point after all the fires we've had the last you know six years where there's just not that much left to burn, that, that many of the most vulnerable areas are simply burned out, or is it always going to regenerate and dry out and we're just going to be in this pattern? It's always going to regenerate and we're always going to be in this pattern. You know, the fuel cycles are... If you think back to Paradise and the campfire, there was a fire there uh, in 2008. And so, you know, it wasn't as catastrophic, obviously, but that uh, is an area that will continuously burn. Now, we have removed a lot of fuels. One thing that we do have to do is we do have to incorporate more prescribed fire and fuel reduction programs throughout the state and all ecosystems to help mitigate fire risk. So, um, yeah, we're not just because we've had a lot of acres burned and we're having larger and larger catastrophic fires, they're not eliminating all the all the risk. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us. I appreciate your time. Dr. Craig Clements, Director of the Wildfire Interdisciplinary Research Center at San Jose State. Thanks. Thanks for having me.
You can hear the State of California every weekday at 3.30 p.m. It's also available on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Always there on demand. You can find me on Twitter at Sovereign Nation. I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.